Suarez gets help from a former F1 driver, a possible big announcement coming from Mercedes, Max will have full support at his home Grand Prix, and we preview the most exciting race of the season. Yeah, right. The French Grand Prix. Let's jump the start. Welcome back. Oh, my bad, Walsh. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guys, welcome into the Jump to Start Racing podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Ruben, the imitation. I like What's it. going on, guys? <laughs> Yancy? Hi. Oh, see, see what happens He's, when you wear like a chili hat? Yeah, Dude, you should have kept spicy going today. with that. I thought you were doing very well. Thank you. Very spicy today. I'm today will be... Oh. I'm going to go back to listen to a couple of episodes, write down what Wellington says, and then we'll come back. <laughs> okay. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> like you did with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guys, today we'll be talking about, obviously, the preview for the French Grand Prix. We'll try not to fall asleep while talking about it. We'll also talk about some news and a very special George Russell rumor. Let's get into it. Let's jump to start. Capacity crowds allowed for the 2021 Dutch Grand Prix at Zandvoort. Yes. A welcome addition, right? It was supposed to be on the calendar last year. It canceled. And it was canceled mm-hmm. due to what's going on in the world. And now, not only is it back, but it will have a full capacity crowd. What does that well, mean which, for us? Well, it'll be, I think we will feel the excitement through the television, obviously, because we can't be there. Remember, this is Max's home race. Championship wow. leader, Max Verstappen. Oh a lot of orange. And as we see at the Austrian Grand Prix, which was, I guess, the default home race for him, when he's won, he's already won it twice. But the first year, that last year, I mean, yeah, last year he won it because, but there was no crowd. So, but the first, the, the year before he did win it and the crowd was going absolutely nuts. The year before it was wrong, he was going back and forth with the clerk, right? Yes, gotcha. exactly. I got some glimpse on that. <laughs> and the crowd was going absolutely nuts, and we were going absolutely nuts in the bar. Yep. So imagine now at Zandvoort, in his home country, not around his home, in his home country, that's going to be insane. And Our, orange smoke bombs all over everywhere. The place. It's going to be awesome. Well, I don't think we'll be able to even see the cars on it's TV. It's going to be like Fast and Furious. Do you imagine that? Orange. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but it's going to be cool. The, the, the organizers have been planning for it to be a capacity crowd. Obviously, they had, um, you know, contingency plans if they didn't. But now that the government has approved, I think it's after, uh, what, a June, what is it, uh, uh, I'm not sure. the The Grand Prix is set to take and uh, take place in September, so I think it's like June 30th. They're gonna they're gonna open up. Like you have to be vaccinated, either you have to be vaccinated or recovering from COVID, or testing negative in order for you to attend it. And that's on all like major events where there's a big crowd. So obviously, and that includes the uh, the Dutch Grand Prix. So it's going to be. I think it's going to be a great race. And remember, this is one of the, I think it's going to be the only track on the calendar where we have bank turns. I was going to say that. So, yeah. It's also the, would that be our first race in full capacity? I don't know. I don't, I mean, that's, no, because they, uh, they're expecting a full crowd at, at Silverstone too. What? Yeah. That's what they planned. I thought they were going back to lockdown. 
is what well, we're Well, I, I just saw a headline. I don't know. No, there's changes coming, I guess, yeah. to, to that, that Grand Prix, but I don't think it's going to be full capacity with the new restrictions that they have in place because I think they just yeah, The organizers are looking for it to happen, but we don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, it's still, what, three or four weeks away, so well, probably more than that. But. I mean, somebody has to take the risk of doing it and see if it works. And you know to see how how the numbers shift as far as like where yeah, but it all you know, depends, weekend, on, it all depends like on like government regulations yeah, yeah. And, and what's going on. I mean, they're planning for that, but we'll see what happens. But it seems like the Dutch Grand Prix will be the one where it's full capacity, which is going to be, you know, we've been to F one races and we see can see how we we know how exciting it is uh, during a qualifying session, even a race, um, how fun it is. A race is when you have like you hear the crowd roaring or feel that energy when you've been there, but even through the TV. So, and I mean, even when we're at just, the bar, the whole show is good. It's nice to, to yeah. If you're ever able to attend an F1 race, I strongly recommend to do it. Even the the build up to the weekend, the, everything that's happening around that city, particularly. What else? Mm-hmm. Uh, even when the race is about to start, when they're singing the national anthem and the planes do the flyby, even yeah, that the, take. being in Mexico when Sergio Perez drives by. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Woo! So if you guys ever get a chance to go out to an F1 race, yes, definitely go. Okay, so there's that. Uh, hopefully we get a full 23 race calendar, no other issues. Uh, we saw Sergio Perez win the uh, Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Baku. He gave a lot of credit actually towards Alex Alban, who... Tipped him off as far as what difficulties he had with the car. And Alex is also their sim driver, which is a, um, I feel like it's an underrated role in teams. As we remember, uh, the Brogamo bullet helped Ferrari a lot from, you know, one day to another back in, what was it, 2019 when it was Vettel and Leclerc. What was it the year before? But the, the sim a lot of times what ends up happening on Fridays in the practice races or in the practice sessions then gets translated through the the sim driver's work into Saturdays, into the qualifying sessions. Alex Alban seemed to have provided a lot of helpful insight to Sergio Perez. Believe or no. I mean, and to also Max Verstappen for the, the Monaco wing, whatever. But do like we a lot believe of it or not? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Well, you could be Remember, nice and not provide a he, lot of impact. He has... I think he wants a future. In- he had a year and a half in that car, driving that car. So he does definitely have the experience of what it feels like, especially when you're having difficulties driving the car. So obviously it's up to, to Perez f- to figure it out. But um, when you have somebody who has experience and can tell you, can pinpoint exactly, oh, how did I handle this? Because, I've you know... Alban wasn't very good, but he did have his flashes of brilliance. He did get a few podiums. Um, he was very good at what Perez is doing this year um, in fighting back after a bad qualifying. So Alban always was always very good in overtaking and, and getting the best out of it. I think Alban's uh, weakness, was what, which has been Perez's weakness so far, is qualifying up in the top five in order to help his teammate out. Alban could just never get it down. Perez is looking like he is getting better on a Saturday also. 
I hope so. Yeah, and then we need the farm. The purpose of a sim driver, or, you know, backup. I wasn't driver, asking that. Like, what is? Well, because they do the simulator work, and obviously, is, that, is it the same role as a reserve driver? It's the same thing. Oh. Well, yes, yeah, the sim. You know, I mean, you can you can do both, but uh, the Aban is the reserve driver also for for Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is that obviously the the goal of the test, let's say you get an actual test when you're driving the car, is to correlate the data that they have from the wind tunnel and CFD, which is was a computer fluid dynamics. Yep. Um, Computational. Compu- and and all of that is put into the simulator, um, and obviously you get a baseline setup of what the track is going to be. But obviously, when you get to the track, you want to see that that that, that data is the same, and if it's not then you adjust accordingly. But if you have a good base, then you have less to work on during the weekend. If, you, if you're if you totally off, then you have a lot more to work on, and then you're just starting qualifying and the race on the back foot. A big mess. To understand yeah. all that crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, so we've seen, you know, Sergio Perez said he would need the five races to be able to get acclimated to the car. Now we see that he is getting to that point between Monaco and Azerbaijan. We'll see how he does here in, in France. Um, hopefully he could keep it up. I don't know if I believe that he, I don't think I'll believe that he will. We'll get to our predictions later on. Um, speaking of teammates, not getting the job done or getting the job done. The hot rumor around is that at Silverstone, Mercedes is going to, Mercedes is going to announce the driver lineup for 2022, which will be an all-British lineup of Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. Can we say that, um, based on the way Boras is performing, that this is just an inevitability? It's going to happen? Maybe not at Silverstone, but it's going to happen? It's about time, if we have. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. I just see another... Rosberg Hamilton situation popping up if you put um Russell in there. Russell in there. I don't know, dude. But then again, Russell is getting antsy. So if you don't give Russell the seat that he wants, or or you I don't know if Total Wolf has promised him the seat at Mercedes, but he's gonna want to go to a a better seat where he can at least fight for points. Because remember, look at the current generation that you have now. You have Verstappen, Leclerc, Norris. These young guns are fighting for poles. They're fighting for wins. They're fighting for podiums. And Williams is just languishing in the back on a team that shouldn't be back there. Shouldn't be back there, but they are. Of the legacy. They're better, but they're still fighting with a Haas or... You know they're fighting for last place, basically. They're they're fighting for so they say for example for the best of the of the whackness. Whackness, yeah. Like <laughs> so, let's say for example, um, he does he doesn't get the seat, and he gets anxious, and I don't know, he just he leaves. Who do you think is gonna grab him? Where do you think he go? Is he gonna replace Beto at Aston Martin? Is he going to replace Ricardo or McLaren? That's the thing. What seats are available next year? Where else can he go? Well, let's say in the nine year next year, two years from now, you know, something like that. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it it just depends on 
You're probably going to have Hamilton sign for another year. It's not a foregone conclusion that Botas is going that Mercedes will sign Botas. Obviously, Botas is going to stay with Mercedes if he has a choice. No, he'll go to Williams, um, and Russell will come to much. So this is so George Russell started with Williams in 2019. So yeah. this is already season three, two, oh three, yeah, three yeah. races, yeah, yeah. So, like you said, where is he going to go? Mm-hmm. That's really the main question. McLaren is set, Ferrari is set. Mm-hmm. For now, and when they're not going to be set, they've already said Mick Schumacher's going into that role. Alpine, possible, but then you have rumors that Gasly might go to Alpine. Yep, right. That's and, always been the rumor, by the way. Yeah, I don't, I year. don't, I don't see any other Red Bull team signing him. Right. How much? How much would Esteban other Red Bull How much would Esteban? How much would Esteban Ocon love for him to be booted from Alpine for George Russell and then? Get that Mercedes seat. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> that ain't happening. But, that's but, not happening. But but Ocon is holding his own in Alpine. He's doing really well. He's, yeah. he's doing better. Than I don't see them getting rid of Alonso, and Alonso seems to be getting better. So you know, and and Alonso signs for I think another year. No, he's signed for what three years? To two years. I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah. So Aston Martin. They're not gonna get rid of Stroll. Maybe if Vettel underperformed, but he seems to be getting better. <laughs> and Vettel, I think, is signed for right three now. years. So, I mean, where else can he go? Stay put. But Stay no. put. You know, Toto I, holds all the cards. No, yeah. what he could do is, since, you know, he's known a Mercedes, Russ is known a Mercedes, just put water, like, in, you know, both as radiators <laughs> and stuff like that. So so he'll have even more and more. I mean, this story just smells like you know, about the beginning of silly season. Silly There's season. a reason why they call it silly season, because you hear silly rumors. But then again, listen, man, last season, what started everything off was, you know, Ferrari getting rid of Vettel and nobody expected that. And then everything else started. Everything started going. Then, you know, signs left left for Ferrari. So you got an open seat. You know, so Ricardo signs with with McLaren, which was super unexpected. The first domino is going to be Kimi retiring. Everybody's going to want that Alfa Romeo seat. I know. Right. (laughs) Right. To be with the bullet? To be next to the bullet? (laughs) To be in greatness. No, and then you you have other young, you have Kalamaila, who chose not to race in F2, but he's the the reserve driver at Alfa Romeo. Um, But but he finished second last year in F2. So he deserves at least a a chance at a a drive, and he might get that seat at. at Alfa Romeo, so you don't know. I mean, it's still a lot of up in the air. Either way, if he, even if he does get a chance, and it's going to be at Alfa, how much of an upgrade is that than the Williams? It's not. Yeah, so no. <laughs> the only thing. What the hell is the point? <laughs> I mean, the only thing I could see is that now with the regulation changes coming for twenty two, and then going for like yeah, but I do don't know you, what teams are going to be who's, at the top. Who's going to get it right? That's the key. My, I would bet that Mercedes would come the closest. That them and Red Bull and 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 Ferrari definitely has the resources as well. So I mean, what the top teams stay. Top so you don't teams. think Aston Martin would make, even though now they just announced that they're also gonna raise their employment to like eight hundred people now instead of they want to close the gap. How well? How are they gonna do that with the? That's weird with, with the, the cost, cost cap. cap, because that counts for our personnel also. Maybe they're. So, like for example, they what Ferrari, you know, well, Ferrari, Ferrari has a set budget set by their sponsors, so they needed to, you know, go into a new program. So they decided to go into the LMP one. I mean, the the hypercar, in in WEC or World Endurance Championship. Thank you, yes, okay. 
WEC. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how you're going to hire more people and, and be under the call. Maybe they just don't have the same personnel that other people have. I don't know. I mean, but like I said, it's just there's not many options right now. But things can change. And we've seen things change very quickly. <laughs> happened last year. Happened last year. Yeah. Is there any way that Boras could potentially hold on to that seat short of winning the championship? Um, it's tough. It uh, depends on how he does. In the, you know, he can't have performances like Imola and performances like he did last week in Baku. In Baku yeah. yeah, if he keeps doing that. And he can't uh, line up at the pit stop incorrectly or at the pit. Well, he didn't, though. Um, and Wolf admitted that he didn't. He finally admitted it, that no. he didn't. Yeah, he did. Look it up. He finally admitted that it wasn't his fault. He was surprised because if you look at the tape, he actually Hamilton, uh, when he went in for the pit stop, actually uh, was more off mark than Bottas was. So, it's Hamilton, man. So that's on the pit crew. Hamilton doesn't heat up the tires that much. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that... that I mean, yeah, and then the Mercedes. I don't know. Mercedes seems like they're unraveling right now. I don't know about. It. I don't know about unraveling, but <laughs> you think they're in panic mode? There's a lot of things. Oh, party mode. Party mode. No, not party <laughs> mode. There's a lot of things. For example, I mean, we all know Total Wolf is a no nonsense type of guy, but there's a lot of things that have been said and done that are very uncharacteristic of of Mercedes. Meaning, all right, you you blame. You kind of, you kind of, you know, Total Wolf threw, not kind of, he threw Valtteri Bottas under the bus only to retract that because it was, you know, he supposedly he was off, you know, in an off position when he came in for the pit for and that with that pit stop, with the longest pit stop ever in, yeah. in Monaco. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then he hits out at the team saying that it's unacceptable. And, you know, it's not something that you usually hear from Mercedes. So it's almost like a toxic. Uh, so it's pretty much not, it's almost like Vettel and Ferrari last year. I wouldn't not, say. Not that serious. I, don't, but, I wouldn't say it's that serious, but it, it's starting to look. It looks like a team that's, that's, it, it doesn't seem like it's Mercedes. Mercedes usually is like, oh, yeah, we messed up. We'll come back next year. But now you have two races in a row, which you never, which you haven't seen. In the hybrid era, it, it 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 I wouldn't I don't want to say toxic, but it's it just looks uncharacteristic. But it definitely seems that the pressure is getting to them. The pressure that Red Bull is putting on them week in week out, it seems like it's getting to them. And then you know when you start putting pressure, so rattled. they start getting rattled and mistakes happen. Usually, the first sign of things Panic. going in disarray is people blaming other people, which Mercedes is. Which they uh, no blame culture. They pride themselves on not on having a no blame culture. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Verstappen is you know Verstappen and Red Bull are going to keep putting on the pressure, and, and if Perez. Perez keeps doing what he's doing, the pressure is on, as we have said before. Thank you, Perez. Yeah, wow. I mean, and this is something that we we wanted to happen, and it has. And we thought it would happen with Perez joining the team. Um, and we're just seeing it coming to fruition. Yes, now. sir. Yeah, <laughs> which is fun for us. So, yeah. Speaking of organizations, actually, one thing that Total Wolf said is that uh, he debriefed the team coming from Azerbaijan as if it was Williams. Right? That's uh, did I read that quote correctly? Well, that he no. beat them up pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, the headline was more sensational than what yeah. he actually said. 
Um, he what he was he was doing a talk. Uh, I think it was at a university, and um, what he made a scene. What he what he was saying was that when they finish, even when they finish first or second, it seems like they're having a debrief at Williams. Meaning that it seems like they did as bad as Williams, you know, finishing in last place or in tenth place or something like that, because they're so critical of themselves. And they even if they do win, they um, they're super they're hypercritical to the point where they just want to make sure that everything goes off perfectly, which in in a way explains why they've been so successful. So, what a question for you, Total Wolf. He is Tim Pringle on Mercedes. Besides, you know, owning part of the team and all that stuff, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. He's a third owner. Where well, the hell, one third owner of the team. Sorry. Where the hell does he find time to speak at university? I could barely do my job, dude. <laughs> dude, it's. You know, I could barely do my job, and this guy is finding time to talk at university of, and all the other stuff. It's part of the job, sponsors, all of that stuff. It's part of the job. That's what a team principal does. And talk yeah. at the university, you know, about. Team principal is basically the the, the face of the team. When it comes to dealing with, you know, sponsorships and and what's been interviews and did you see the 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 Ferrari fashion show yesterday? No. Okay, I was gonna ask you if you you know you being the Ferrari fan, you probably saw it. Yeah, no. I mean, and if I, you, wait, wait, if, wait, wait, if, wait, if not, was there. I, I did that intentionally because I wanted to go into the next thing, which is a Williams story. So oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> you guys took it way further than what I anticipated. Okay, welcome back, Yancy. Welcome back. <laughs> He's doing a good job of corralling us today. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of Williams. <laughs> There was a uh, um, <laughs> totally messed up the segue. Yeah. Totally messed it up. Williams announces exit of F1 team principal Simon Roberts, who stepped in after the Williams team's Williams family stepped down, and now that uh, what's his name, Joe Just Capito, Just Capito is mm-hmm. going through with their reorganization at Williams. The role of Simon Roberts has been streamlined down and is being essentially homologated into another job mm-hmm. or another set of jobs. Does it matter? Yeah, it matters in... I think there's more to come than that. That's part yeah. of the restructure well, of the when team. When Josh Capito came in, what the, his first... What Williams described was like a 100-day period of, uh, I guess... I mean, I don't know what it is. like Observation and see what can... What they can change uh, as far as like structurally within the team to make it better. What they found was that um, it seemed like the design team, which basically designs the cars, and the racing team were always blaming each other because either something was designed wrong and that's why they not winning races or, you know. It, it winning was, races. Yeah, or not winning races, but just <laughs> doing better. So instead of the no blame culture at Mercedes, there was a blame culture at, at Williams, which mm-hmm. I guess shows. Um, Especially all the way in the back. Yeah. So so and so it seems like the team was reporting to like the racing team was reporting to the racing director um which was um Simon Roberts and the design team was reporting to I don't know who the other guy was but they weren't there wasn't one person there where they can put it together and be like okay do this do this do that. So Josh Capito came in and just basically because what what Simon Roberts was doing was just being a race director. He wasn't gotcha. really being the team principal. So there was no cohesion between the design team and the racing team. And uh, that you know, we all know that's not gonna work. Uh, so now the, like you Wellington said, you streamline it 
And uh, now they all answer to Jost Capito. Jo- what is it? Jo- Jost. Jost Capito. Capito. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, hopefully we saw that a restructuring can work at Ferrari. We saw that happen at McLaren. That's what, that was what I was going uh, to say. Williams, yeah. please pick up the phone, call Zach Brown. He's probably yeah. going to charge you a fee to tell you how he did it. But mm-hmm. to Ruben's give you a step by step structure. Ruben's favorite team. Yeah. <laughs> and we saw that happening too with uh, Alfa Romeo when uh, Monisha Kettleborn. Was uh, was let go, and um, Fred Vasseur came in, and we, and then obviously the the went from Sauber to Alfa Romeo, and you know there was a, a structural change there. And, and they stopped using better. the engine from two years ago. Why do you? There's nothing to do no, no, with no, this, no, man. No, no, Stop. Never, you see, he's sensitive about the cheating. Engine. Jesus, I said, I stopped you, using the engine from two years. ago. I told ago. you one day I'm gonna blow up. Sauber was it's using an engine. Because <laughs> Sauber happening today. At told the you. end, Sauber was using like a two-year engine, like you know. Oh, at that time, yeah, meant. yeah. That's okay, I'm sorry, yes. I, I took it back. Don't be using. Stop saying cheating engine. We're about to streamline this. Podcast. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> they were using a two-year Ferrari yeah. engine. Yeah, I got you. And they were said to use actually. They were said to to uh, take on uh, Honda. Before when yes. when Fervor stepped in and you know shored up the uh, the Ferrari ties, so okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, restructuring it 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 could work for Williams. And they have to do it. correct. They, they have, have to, to do, do something. It, yeah. It's getting better, but all right. So French Grand Prix preview for us. As always, we lead off with trivia. However, before we start. We have been talking. Uh, previously, we tapped the table. Now we have our little buttons. Ow. Make sure. Just grab my little blue button. Let's get the preview. <laughs> Press. Yeah, so my sound is. <laughs> <laughs> so we got buzzers now. Buzzers. All right, so Ruben. So Ruben, you're the judge, and you have to. Identify who goes Identify first. who went first. Jeez. Okay. You can, it's, not, it's not a lot. Reading. <laughs> you got it. I think you got it covered. I think you do. I think you do okay, Ruben. I think you do well, especially that you have that hat on today. Thank you. That I hat. Think. Let's go. Let's go, right. Chile. Ready? Yeah. Okay. So we go back to French Grand Prix. <laughs> Let's go to trivia. Uh, I got an easy one for you guys. Uh, name the driver that has won the most French Grand Prix. Michael Schumacher. Yeah, he's that. That's true. No, sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong button. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah, it's actually won it eight you. times. Got another one, medium one, I think. What score? I'm up one. Okay. I forgot. I got to go back and yes, look at okay. the scores. That's the cheating, dude. Cheating. <laughs> <laughs> like Ferrari. I'm about, to, I'm about to get a Ferrari engine. Name the two drivers besides Alan Prost to have won at Paul Ricard more than once. Got power card more than once? Yes. Two drivers? Two drivers. Jesus. If we name one, can we get it right? No. And try. <laughs> okay, let's go to one of these. Or name one of the two drivers. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> name one of the two drivers besides Alan Prost that have won a power card more than once. Nigel Manso. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Wow. I'll let you take the guess on the other one. It had to be Senna. <sighs> Who's the other one? Lewis Oh. Recent. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Oh. How do we not get that? <laughs> get out of here, bro. 
So yeah, yeah trivia, I do rem- I trivia do remember this one, Nigel Mansell winning one. So. Trivia in this one has, yeah. is is kind of tough because and I got the hardest one too. As we, when we go into Russia, you understand why because like French Grand Prix has been all over the all yeah over the yeah. This is the hard one, but only in France, all right. It has been all over the place. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. I'll go. <laughs> How dare you question me? Name the first engine manufacturer to win the first French Grand Prix in 1906 and then had to wait another 73 years to win again. Mercedes. Renault. How'd you guess that one was? The French manufacturer. <laughs> that's, that's how you got... Yeah, but damn, Renault took that long to... Yeah. Damn it. All right. Yeah. So you're still... You're up now. Still He's up, up two now. No, I'm up one. You pulled it because you changed it to oh, yeah, one. Because we had to. It was so hard. I thought it was medium, by the way. <laughs> and it was so hard. There are no other questions. That's it. It's, okay. it's tough to do these questions for this one, especially because there's so much history, you know, like in French Grand Prix and all the other stuff that to find close to when we've been watching Formula One and some of the questions that, you know, obviously general knowledge questions that we might be able to guess or come close to. You should do it anyways and, t- and just challenge us. Excuse me. I'm waiting for the challenge. So you're good. Yeah. All right. Take it away for history then. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the French Grand Prix, you know, France was the birthplace of like modern Grand Prix racing. It's been happening for like over 100 years. Obviously, Formula One hasn't been around for that long, but you know, uh, the French Grand Prix has been held in 16 different circuits over the years. Early ones were done like on public streets, including. The, the running of the first, like, you know, all the way to Le Mans and all that stuff. Cause mm-hmm. it was, so it's just tricky, you know? But let's concentrate. I concentrated more on this track, the Paul Ricard track. So the track was built in 1969 by a Patiste. I have no idea if I'm... Re- what is it? Patiste Magnet. Okay. That's like a, I think like a liquor. Or pasties, something like that. Probably Baker. No, it's a... Um, Pastry. It's a, no, it has to do with, with liquor, I think. Okay which the track was named after his name. You know, he wanted to experience the challenge of building a racetrack. That's how you know, like, you're loaded when you want to <laughs> feel the experience of building a racetrack. And, you know, a guy named Paul Ricard. Uh, F- Formula back, Formula One came back in 2018. It was previously on and off between 1971 and 1990. But I know from 85 to 90, it was on for, like, five years straight. Mm-hmm. There are actually so many layouts, so many different layouts in this track that in some areas it look, looks like a rainbow. There's a total of 167 layouts that you could make on this track. Yeah, so like track configurations. It's so wow. confusing. I don't even know how how drivers can like keep it on whatever track they choose. Well, thank God it's not a rave. You know, like when the people are gonna be like on on ecstasy and stuff like that because they're gonna be. <laughs> 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 No way. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> that was so random. It's not a rave. Yeah, with other colors and stuff like that, you're missing it. It's, it's not yeah. ecstasy anymore. Get on Mali and go to okay. Paul Ricard. This is, it shows that you know, we're talking about history. Talking about That's hilarious. The current layer has 15 turns, and it has a lap distance of almost six kilometers. The lab record is better in 2018 with the obviously with the cheating engine. Uh, but going back to the original track, yeah, I'm gonna was, snap on it. <laughs> but going back, the original track, you know, the Port Ricard track was almost almost had a two kilometer straight, which was like super hard on the engines. 
for running a full ref for so long. Obviously, you know, no, the incident was in 85 where Senna crashed long. when his Lotus Renault engine failed and he spun on his own oil, by the way, causing him to crash heavy. Uh, sorry, but he was also, you know, later, obviously, you know, diagnosed it was on like minor bruising that he took uh, when he actually on turn on a turning sickness or sickness, whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the same weekend, uh, Nigel Mansell crashed in the same, in the, about the same area, giving him like a concussion, which kept him out of the of the race for that weekend. Uh, Mansell crash was a result of a slow punch, causing the you know the three, the, the the wheel to explode like at a three hundred twenty kilometer wow. per hour. Jesus. So pretty much we you know similar to Baku, where they had maybe had a slow. Slow puncher, you know. Nah, I think, well, maybe, but the, the, I think the the the, the tires and buckle yeah. just straight up exploded. Uh, the most Either successful way, drivers, Schumacher with eight of French Grand Prix. That's crazy. The most successful constructor is actually Ferrari with seventeen. Holy, skull, baby! You know how it is. That's in like all our history, right? Going back yeah, to yeah. nineteen oh six. Well, Ferrari. I'm surprised you didn't say Ferrari that the last until later on, but yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say the last Ferrari victory was a cheating engine. You I did see it. Lab records, built in 2019. Haters. With the cheating engine. Right. <laughs> 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 That's all I got on history. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, I mean, recent history is the last race that we held here was in 2019. Last year's 2020 race was obviously canceled. Uh, pole position was Lewis Hamilton. And qualifying-wise, second was Boras. Third was Charles Leclerc with our favorite engine. Uh, the results of the race were a Ham Boras Leclerc podium with Verstappen and Vettel following up closely. Well, Vettel Verstappen following behind, close behind them. Vettel about a minute out um, after Lewis Hamilton, and then Carlos Sainz in the McLaren. Gentlemen, pole position. Who do you got? I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say Lewis Hamilton. Wow. That's not that surprising. Hamilton, Boras, Verstappen. That's where I'm going. Whoa. Fourth, Perez. And then fifth, Leclerc. This is for qualifying? Yeah. What do you got, Ruben? I will say Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. Fourth, definitely not Perez. Uh... I know it's not Paris <laughs> fourth, but well, who's jumping in there? I would put Charles Leclerc on fourth. Yeah, so fifth, fifth would be. I don't know. I want to give this guy a chance this weekend. Norris. So what's changing this week that you guys have Mercedes so high up there? Well, one, it's we're back to non-street circuits, mm-hmm. which we talked about last last week. That uh, their issue seems to be warming up the tires on these street circuits. Uh, we are, it is a power track. They're not going to have that, um, what was it? Sector two of Baku and obviously all of Monaco, uh, that, (laughs) that slowed them down. This is, this is a a track that I believe. So Mercedes won it. Hamilton won it in 19 and I believe that they also won it in 18. 18. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a little slow. Two wins. 18, 19. Yeah. So I I don't know I just I yeah the Red Bull is better this year but Mercedes still has its advantages and that's being um, the engine itself and the overall car is still very good 
And they have Lewis Hamilton. And they have the top dog still, even though he's trailing right now. Not for long. It's like LeBron going into, what we'll call it the second quarter. And I went also with, with Hamilton because they have to put up this weekend or shut up already. <laughs> you know, the, the pointing finger. Well, we're stuff. getting to the real tracks. We're getting to exactly. I'm, uh, La Castellet and Austria times two. I'm going to agree with you both. It'll be uh, wow. Hamilton and Bottas. Write Baltas. that one down. That's like the first time. Oh, you said, I didn't say Bottas for a second. <clears throat> I said Max. Uh, well, no, I said Hamilton and Bottas. Yeah, he said. But the reason why, I'm, and Verstappen third. But the reason why is that, remember, that the new regulations for the flexible wings, flexible wings will be in effect for this weekend. <laughs> and the teams, or I think, well, the, the main team that was being accused of having flexible wings was Red Bull. And then you have, obviously, Alpine and Ferrari, which had admitted that they are going to have to change their wings. So, And the Mercedes engine is still the top dog. In as far as engine are, is concerned, in my view, so that's why I'm going with Mercedes. Um, Norris will be fourth, and I'll put Leclerc fifth. McLaren is pretty good at normal tracks, have we seen? You know, we and they okay. have a Mercedes engine, okay? So, well, that's qualifying, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Well, no, I was gonna say. We thought McLaren with their with the Mercedes engine was going to do really well in Baku, and we did not necessarily see that. But that was not a normal track; that was a street track. Right. And then what I wanted to say also is, because this doesn't have like the slow sectors like a Baku or like Monaco, I don't know if the flexing wing flexi wing is going to play that much of an effect because um, you could turn up your, I guess, your rear wing drag. And then be aided in the straights is is what was happening before, but here you're not going to have that much downforce. No, but you have very long straights. Well, not a long straight, but you have definitely have sections where the car is going to be flat out. Flat out. Yeah, yeah. but it's not. So in sector two, you're not fighting against higher drag. You're you're not looking to have high drag in any sector though because. So, so that would eliminate the the flex, the advantage of the flex, is my opinion. You're not gonna have high drag. Yeah, if you look at the sectors for for La Castellet, it doesn't look mm -hmm. like there's any sectors that you need to really uh, twist and turn and wind through them like you did in sector two of Baku. Or yeah, Monaco. so you're not gonna have you're, so not, you're not gonna have sections where you need crazy downforce. Correct, is what you're saying. Correct, and that kind yeah. of eliminates the benefit of. The change wings? from the flexing wing, yeah, makes sense, right? I mean, but I still no, think no. that it. I, I, well, yeah, but I the 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 thing is that I and the for example, you have these long straights. So, uh, you have the straights obviously uh, in sector two and then uh, going into you know exiting sector three, going into sector one on the main on the the main straight. Those are DRS. But after the chicane at eight and nine, you're definitely gonna you, those flexi wings could play a role, and also in sector one after that turn one, um, that seems to be flat out even going into turns three and four. So it could play a role. Not saying that it will, but you definitely have a point. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I mean, that's two. Hmm? That you agree, and now you're saying that I'm right. I'm not saying that. No, no, I'm not saying that you're right. I'm just saying that. That it could be. I mean, you're saying I'm not wrong. Um, yeah. So what's that? So I mean, you're not right. Either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have 
Yeah. Sorry, you were gonna say something. No, I got a question. What's up? No, no, go ahead. Let's finish. So, as far as the race prediction, Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas, then Perez, and then for me, Charles Leclerc. So I'm f- I'm flipping Bottas and Verstappen during the race. Yeah, just because Verstappen is just has the pace. I, w- I would agree with the same people you mentioned because obviously that's how I had it laid out as you know qualifying. But I will put Paris in fourth, even though he's not qualifying in the that's top five. No, you didn't. I no. said Paris fourth and Leclerc fifth. Oh my bad. Okay, okay, okay. Like apology accepted. So yeah, like for, for me, we're the same. <laughs> for me it would be the same way that you just mentioned pretty much but even though Leclerc is more has more of a, a elbows out as far as higher to me than Norris Norris is still fighting and he's still like you know at, at the heels there to try to get his chance but Leclerc does not let him through so that's why I also I would agree with him on saying Leclerc fifth hmm how nice is it that after last year we're talking about Ferrari at least as best of the rest and not like, oh, you know, they're going to lose to McLaren, they're going to lose to potentially Renault, et cetera. How do you feel about that? Give, give us the applause, applause one. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, I am going to go with Hamilton, Verstappen, Mm. Perez Bottas fourth why do you think fourth um, I think that the Red Bull can keep up with uh, with Mercedes so they're there thereabouts it's just a matter of if you can overtake or not um, and I just think that Perez has found something in the car where he's going to be able to qualify better. Mm-hmm. And I think he has better pace than Botas so far this year. And then I'll put Norris fifth. Leclerc, I mean, Ferrari in general, um, as they showed in Baku, I mean, their their car is better. This is why they did so well in um in Monaco. Monaco and in Baku is that their car is very good through slow speed corners. You have very little of that in France. You know, we talk about Leclerc, but that could easily be Carlos Sainz too, who has been showing out. Very much so, because they're they're very close. It's just, I mean, he's either yeah, a tenth behind or he just has bad luck. Can I, mean, I ask you guys a question? Go ahead. We uh, have seen the resurgence of one Sebastian Vettel. Where do we see him in this race? Hmm. If they get a good result, it's going to be the same way they have gotten a good result the past few races. Strategy. Strategy. The field is very close. After you... After uh, the top two teams. Yeah, after Mercedes and Red Bull... The likes of McLaren, Ferrari, sometimes Alpine, sometimes Aston Martin, Aston Martin. sometimes AlphaTauri. Yeah, I'm. Well, and we're forgetting about AlphaTauri, who's oof, who looked oof, great last who week. Who looked great last week, and it seems like Sonoda is getting on top of things somewhat. Um, 
so it's 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 a crapshoot, really. You don't know who. There's no clear favorite there. You know, the, and and the, and it's all track dependent who's gonna do better. So, um, obviously, we saw Ferrari do a lot better in you know the slower corners of you know Baku and Monaco, but when you get to these traditional tracks, uh, you're gonna see the performance go up and down. And it honestly, it just depends on how good the car is, how good the setup is, and how good the driver is that weekend. Did you guys see that? Uh, Franz, what is it? Franz Toast said that. Sunoda was driving so fast that he was af- that he was afraid that he was going to crash. That Toast was afraid that Sunoda was going to crash. <laughs> he that yeah, means he, you're right on the limit, right? That's where you want your driver to be. Yeah, yeah, but it, I think his Safely, wor- his worry might be that he's going over the limit. So you have, uh, you know, as a young driver, especially when you're driving a fa- you know an F1 car, you want to be on the limit, but you don't want to go over the limit. And we've seen various cases where Sonoda has gone over the limit and has either crashed out or, you know, just had a bad race with all cooked the tires. There's been so many different things with him. And it's a balance. Yeah, and it's a balance. I, and and we can see that he can get out of control, just hear his radio messages. So if he's out of control in his radio, he's probably out of control driving. So. It's one of those things where I think they had him move to Faenza to work with the team closer and, you know, iron those small things out because obviously he is, he's quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as with any young racing driver, you have to hone in their, you know, you have to hone them in. You have to make sure that that energy that they have, the how quick they are, is pinpointed to the goal of actually getting points in this case and not messing up if you're driving over the limit that means the car is going off you're crashing you're, there's something's gonna happen something's gonna happen if you're driving under the limit that means you're not going fast enough so you gotta be right on the limit ruben you had something before we moved on to the race predictions why does this track have the how do you say the rep of being a boring race because the last two times it's been boring. Been boring. There's no overtaking. Whoever that's strange, right? Whoever, it should yeah. be made for like overtake. Yeah. Like so it's the fast track. Whoever and and it doesn't punish any mistakes. That's maybe maybe issue. that's it. Yeah. Because obviously we had a. I mean, Monaco wasn't a great race, but we had a very good race in Baku. But at the end. Well, I mean, it doesn't listen. When we call a good race, doesn't matter if it's at the end or the beginning. Yeah. It was still a good race. You know, most races, when we call it a good race, is because something goes awry at the end. So I don't want to, I don't want to start, you know, dissecting races where oh, mm-hmm. it's boring in the first thirty-four laps or something. You know, a good race is a good race because we, you know, we get an unexpected result or or the racing was good. Um, in this case, when it comes to to Paul Ricard, you have huge runoff areas. There's no gravel or grass or walls to throw up a you know to you know maybe take a card up position. So it's, it's a safe track yeah it's a safe track i mean if you if you go off you can join off and you can either make up some places or stay in the place that you are so you're not going to get crazy accidents um that can you know bring out a red flag or a safety mm-hmm. car it's just a straight up forward procession really and you know there's no tricky corners or crazy hard breaking zones either so it's just it is what it is you know, it's a very technologically advanced tracks because those red lines and those blue lines are actually like rough surfaces designed to stop the cars. 
Gotcha. Um, that's why you I'm have different layouts. <laughs> a lot of people test there. And I was saying that's it's part of our yeah. race. <laughs> it's part of the race. No, no, it's just, I mean, it, that's what it looks like. It looks like, you know, you go out there, pop a molly, and things are going to go crazy. <laughs> Get sweaty. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's it's... It's just a track layout. There's really nothing to punish the, the 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 drivers if they make a mistake or anything like that. And and that and isn't that, isn't that the debate now that there's no grass or gravel to you know punish the the car you know the drivers if they go off or something like that. My last question: We're in the French Grand Prix. Who does better, Ocon or Gasly? Gasly, definitely Gasly. I'm going. I'm going with Ocon. Ooh, why? He's in the French team. They're gonna want to show out. There's, they don't even know what's wrong with their car yet. And AlphaTauri is that car's quick. If, twice, it, twice this season it's been. Fast. Come on, the car has been quick Which all one? season. AlphaTauri, it's been quick because obviously the team hasn't performed. Yeah, and then there's been mistakes made, but for the most part, look at look at Gasly's qualifying results. He's always in Q three. Okay. You can't say that about Alpine. I got one. You're wrong. <laughs> I just got I'm a, just not one. right. Okay. <laughs> I just got another like something in my head. So, or related to France or French descent or whatever you want to call it. So we got Ocon, Gasly, and Leclerc. That's not French. He's Monegasque. Isn't that part of France? No. No. Okay. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're next to each other. That's like saying that. So uh, out of those three, who lives like closer saying, to a track? That's like saying Max is Austrian. Whatever, what happened? Out of those three, who lives closer to a track? Uh, oh. All three of them, if they live in Monaco. Monaco's right there to it. Okay. I, I, I was going to say Leclerc because he actually resides in Monaco. But doesn't doesn't Gasly live? I yeah, I think, I think so, yeah. I don't, I don't know who lives okay. there. I know... Just a question that I got. Like, I'll let it do like that. <laughs> Maybe we'll have an answer for you next week. Anything else, boys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything else, boys, before we wrap this guy up? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> they lost it. <laughs> no, I, don't <laughs> <have anything. laughs> I don't have anything. Uh, social media for exactly my feelings when we get to this point. <laughs> Yo, I liked in the little clip that Wellington posted today. He's like looking like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we laugh a little bit more, he's gonna kill. Look at it. Go ahead, Wellington. <laughs> All right, guys. So you can find us on many, many podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. We're also on YouTube. Hi. You can get us on uh, uh, Twitter at Jump to Start F1. That's at Jump to Start F1. That's also the same handle for Instagram at Jump to Start F1. Make sure to follow us, like, subscribe, smash the like button, as they say, right? Hit the bell. That's how uh, people find out about us. <laughs> and uh, on that note, we will catch you next week. Please, hopefully, maybe enjoy the French Grand Prix. Best race later. ever! Woo! The Gorilla Trophy. <laughs> <laughs>